Hello, everybody. My name is Tal Atiyah from JLIC at Brandeis. Thank you all for inviting me to partake in your 929. Over here at Brandeis, we are plugging along one parak at a time right alongside you guys. Um, so today's parak, parak Shemot, Shemot Perak Tet, um, and a little bit of yesterday's Perak Chet, um, we see a continuation of the Makot of the plagues and the vicious cycle of uh, a plague afflicting Egypt, Pharaoh asking Moshe to have God remove it. God removes it. When all is settled, Pharaoh hardens his heart and refuses to send the Jews out of Egypt. What's interesting is that Moshe and Pharaoh, Paro, have um, conversations in between all of um, all of the plagues before and after, warnings, you know, um, requests to have the plagues removed. And in all these conversations, we get a really deep insight into what Paro's mindset is and what um, the mindset of Egypt is and what exactly the plagues had to accomplish. Um, so specifically, if you look at the conversation between Paro and Moshe, um, when he is asking Moshe to remove, have God remove the, the frogs, um, Moshe asks Paro an interesting question. He says, what time would you like me to plead on your behalf um, and for all your people for the frogs to be removed? Um, what time would you like this to happen? And Paro replies something interesting. He says, tomorrow. And Moshe responds, as you say, so that you will know that there is no one else like God, the Lord our God. So, you know, exactly as you say, it will happen exactly when you want it to. Um, and I thought that this was this conversation was rather reminiscent of a later plague, Makat Bechoro, the plague of the firstborn. Before this plague happens, Moshe comes to Paro, giving him a warning that the plague is going to happen, and you know he describes what will happen, and he describes that it will happen kachatzotalayla, that it will happen around midnight. So Rashi picks up on this kachatzot, the around midnight, and says, you know, what's going on here? Why? around midnight why doesn't it say at midnight and um the midrash that he invokes answers that god had told moshe that it would happen at exactly midnight but moshe knew something about the egyptians that caused him to say that it would happen around midnight what was it that he knew he knew that the egyptians would um would take a look at what time moshe said it was going to happen and compare it to what time they perceived it to happen. And if it happened even minutes off, according to their calculations, they would totally disregard Moshe. They would say he was a fool and they would miss the bigger picture of all of the Makot. So Reforman, Rev. David Foreman of Aleph Beta fame asks, does this make sense? Imagine if a prophet came to you and said, Tomorrow at exactly 12.02, 50 bolts of lightning will come down and strike every Capitol building in the country. Um, and tomorrow rolls around and at 12.03, 50 lightning bolts come and strike every, every Capitol building in the country. Would the newspapers say, profit a fool, profit predicted disaster at 12.02? Disaster actually struck at 12.03. Would that be a normal reaction? Wouldn't we be so caught up in the immensity of the disaster to not be able to notice, you know, those minute details, the minute minutes? And I think that the answer, and um, Reformen points out that the answer lies in 
our prakim. If you think back to the psukim, the verses about Moshe and Pharaoh discussing when God will remove the frogs, you'll also start noticing a theme throughout the makot that for all of the makot, Pharaoh has this obsession with time and with precision. Uh, another great example of this obsession is when um, in Arbe, when all of the animals are um, die, it says that Pharaoh looks outside his window to kind of take stock of how many animals were afflicted. And the Pasuk describes that he, he can't help but notice that it's the Jewish animals that live. He doesn't even take stock of how many of his animals die. He, he just obsesses over this sharp distinction between the Egyptian animals that died and the Jewish animals that lived. Um, and, and really throughout the Makot, you'll, if you go through the Pesukim, you'll notice this obsession time and time again with the precision of it, the time of it, not the overall immensity of the disaster, but the precision of how it happened. So Rav Moshe, Rav, uh, excuse me, Rav Foreman points out why this is so significant, why um, this precision matters so much um, in the bigger picture of what the Makot came to teach us and came to teach the Egyptians. Um, and he says that precision is the ultimate proof of monotheism. In a world where there are multiple forces that reign, you know, if you believe that there are multiple gods, each one of those gods is playing tug of war on any given act of nature. And the timing is therefore unlikely to be very precise. The rain god wants it to rain. The sun god wants it to be sunny. They fight about it. Eventually, one of them wins out and that kind of um, weather will come about. But, you know, there's no guarantee that it's going to happen at the exact right time because they are playing this tug of war over nature. And the Egyptians, as we know, were the ultimate polytheists. So if the plagues had been miscalculated by them to have been even one minute later or earlier than Moshe had prophesied, then they would have completely missed the point. They totally would have missed the idea that God is the one um, imposing, the one and only God is the one who's imposing these plagues on them, and they would have totally lost sight of what they were supposed to gain, which in the words of one of the Pesukim in our parak was, in order that you, the Egyptians, should know that there's no one like God in the entire world, that God is one, that um, that monotheism is the true model of religion, um, and and really that God is the all-powerful and the the precisely powerful God. Thank you so much, and have a great day.